family god is so good he's so great and i truly truly believe just as we've just heard in the song that god is doing a new thing like he is in the business and also in the process of doing something new in your life doing something new inside of you first i had this great belief that whatever god does inside of us he does outside of us it reflects outside of us it's an inside out work and so i'm super excited to be speaking today's message on from behind from behind if you're here if you're active you know in the chat i want you to put from behind from behind and i kind of want to i want to take you on a journey i want to take you yeah i want to take you on a journey i want to take you down a road you know and i want to pick particular tools up before we get to a destination and the destination i want us to really get to is really understanding you know how much you know god desires us to be not only renewed but also transformed you know and i want to give you tools to get to that place to get to that to get to that stage amen and so i'm going to read the scripture guys as you know you know i love the word of god i love reading the scriptures i love it love it love it love it and so i need you to get your bibles out if you have not done already and we're gonna read today we're gonna read today and so i'm going to be reading from luke chapter 8 and this is a well-known um passage of scripture uh, for many we've heard it preached in different and many ways but my desire as i speak today is that there is freedom as the truth is released um so luke chapter 8 verses 14 and it says on the other side of the lake the crowds welcomed jesus because they had been waiting for him then a man named Jarius, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at, at Jesus' feet, pleaded with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. 12 years of constant bleeding, people and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell on her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jarius, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And that at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened hallelujah heavenly father we just thank you for today we just thank you because you're so gracious and you're just so kind and you're just so lovely lord i just want to thank you father because you know this is is an honor lord god to speak to your people 
And I just really ask that as I speak the word today, Lord, that there will be breaking, there will be a breaking, that there will be freedom, that there will be healing, oh God, that there will be something that is stirred up in the hearts and in the beings of every individual. Lord, everyone that had lacked enthusiasm for you, every person that had lost hope in what you can do with their life and what you could do with their broken pieces. Father, I'm asking that today that hope will be restored stored oh god i pray may today be the beginning of deliverance for an individual oh god that has lost hope oh god that has has had their final straw oh god may there be deliverance in the name of jesus heavenly father i'm praying may there be a release in the mighty name of jesus father i honor you i glorify you in your name we pray amen and Amen. 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 From behind. So in this, in this, uh, in this story, we find that there is a woman that has an issue of blood. She has had non-stop bleeding for twelve whole years. Twelve years, ladies, you understand, okay? Uh, like menstrual cycles that are even a couple of days are hard to get through for the majority of us. This is something that this woman had to endure for 12 years. We're not just talking about the bleeding alone. We're talking about what comes with the bleeding. Okay. Um, and so this woman had this issue of blood for 12 years. 12 years, I'm emphasizing 12 years. She'd been through it for 20 years, 12 years. It even says that she tried many things and still could not find a cure. So this woman is at the point where even if it were me, I would get to that point where this is something now I have to start adapting to. Because it seems that there is no way that this is going to change in my life. This is going to shift in my life. That it, it isn't there. Right? And so this woman is also with her issue of blood you know she's classified as unclean according to you know the the law you know uh in leviticus chapter 15 verses 24 to 26 you know if anyone touched this woman they were also classified as unclean for a period of time even if she sat somewhere and someone sat where she sat they will be classified as unclean. So can you imagine that this woman is not only enduring 12 years of constant bleeding, she's also been ostracized. She's also been separated from her community. She's lost, there's been a divide. There's been a disconnection with her community. And so this is not only the physical issues of having this issue, but it's also the relational issue that she is having as well, right? And so my question to you is, as, we, as I continue to really break down, you know, this passage of scripture is, what is your condition? What is your issue of blood? What have you been in for 12 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? What cycles have you been experiencing for a certain amount of time that you feel you just can't get out of? That you have learned to live with your dysfunction. You have learned to live with the cycles. You have learned to live in a particular way. What is your issue of blood? What is your condition? What is your state? What state are you in? And what is that state bringing? Is it bringing relational difficulties? What has separated you from the rest? What has separated you from fully experiencing the gift of relationship? with the people around you, fully loving, fully experiencing, you know, joy. What is the issue? I want you to think about that because many of us have been in a condition and you may not see it as a condition at the moment because, you know, you've learned to live with it. It's become a way of life. 
But can I announce to you today that it's time to uncover the issue. It's time to uncover the condition that you are. It's time to address how you actually are. Because before you can have a new name, you have to be willing to confront the areas in your life, the areas in your heart, the areas in your mind, the narratives, the lie. You have to be willing to uncover it. I heard someone say this week that what we're unwilling to confront we're unable to correct. What is your condition? How long have they been prophesying about you? And so this woman understanding the circumstance that she's in, you know, she shouldn't even be in the midst of the crowd. She shouldn't even be there. It's a violation according to the law. I can only imagine also the shame that she must feel having this condition. Has shame disconnected you from truly feeling the fullness of community? This woman was was in shame, but she was bold. She was desperate now. She must have heard about Jesus, this Jesus that was going around healing people. And so she was in a state and she was, she was in a place where she was desperate to at least see if this could work. Yeah. And so she pressed. She pressed through the crowd. I can only imagine the people, you know, even Peter was like, you know, that master, there's so many people that I hear. How can you say who touched you? And so this woman courageously pushes through the crowd and she came from behind. New King James Version says she came from behind. NLT Version says she's coming from behind. So she came from behind and she reached, she reached, she thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just touch it, she reaches from behind and she touches it and immediately this thing that she had been struggling with for 12 years stopped immediately. This thing that she thought there was no cure for stopped immediately. I don't know, like I said, how long you've been in the issue or in the cycle that you have been in, but there's something about when you come from behind. And when I say behind, what am I talking about? Matthew 6, 6, it says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Behind, coming from behind, I'm talking about the secret place. There's some of us. That need to start reaching for God from behind, from the secret place. You have been in your condition for too long. You have been in the mental cycles for too long. You have been in this state for too long. You have put up with the lies. They have been in your mind rent free. They pay no bills. They have been there. But I want to tell you something. There's something that happens from behind. The secret place. You close your doors. I'm talking about away from today's service today. Away from a Tuesday prayer meeting. From a Thursday prayer meeting. From a little one hour session that you may hear on YouTube from time to time. I'm talking about daily. Going before the Lord and reaching for him from behind. With everything that you have. Every aspect of who you are. Because this is my last resort. This was her last resort. Nothing else. I don't know what self-help books you've been reading. I don't know how many sermons you've gotten through. I don't know how many times you've ran around the church. I don't know how many times it's been, but can I invite you behind? 
There's something behind that you need to capture of God. You need to get consistent with the secret place. You need to get consistent with connecting with God. You need to get consistent with reaching out for him because he is the last resort. This woman, so brave, so courageously, came from behind there's a shaping there's a forming there's a breaking that needs to happen from behind and some of us have have evacuated uh, uh, the the process of behind we want the quick work we want an overnight success but can i tell you there's longevity when you're consistently behind there's longevity there's longevity and what you've been missing is, is, the, is, is the behind the scenes work. Sometimes, you know, I used to love it. MTV used to, you know, show us, you know, the behind the scenes of music videos, you know, like we'd see, you know, we would see like, I, I don't know, many of you guys are really saved on here. So I don't know if you know, <laughs> but Aaliyah, you know, rock the boat. I remember watching her behind the scenes and it really looked like she was on water. And then I watched the behind the scenes. And there was a green screen. There was so much happen, happening behind the scenes. The lighting had to be right. You know, the, the, work, the working had to be right. The dancers had to be on point. You know, they changed their clothes according to the lighting. It had to be right. We saw the finished product and it looked a certain way, but there was a work that was happening behind that brought forth that product. What am I saying? There is a work. It, you, you want. There's something that you envision. There's an individual that you envision that you want to become. But there is a work you have to do behind. And I want to really, I want to really, really, really just summon you this Sunday to get behind. There's a point that you have to become tired of the cycle. You have to be tired of the condition that you're in. You have to be tired. You have to be sick of being in the same thing day by day. A change has to come, but the change is on you. Yeah. Her change happened at the point that she took the responsibility to defy what the law had said to reach for Jesus. You have to defy every single thing that comes against your quiet time, that comes against your secret place. Everything, the distractions, the voices, the condemnation, the guilt. You have to defy, you have to betray it to get behind, to get the thing that you've been dreaming about. She defied it all. So she came from behind. A scripture says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This woman boldly came in faith because it was faith. That was an act of faith. Came in faith. Touched his hem. Jesus said, I felt power. I perceived power going out from me. Mm -hmm. There's a power that comes from behind. That's the reward is experiencing him. It's experiencing the fullness of who he is. When we experience the fullness of who he is, we experience the fullness of who we are. We, we come into contact with it. We, 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 we wet our, our palate. We wet our palate and there's more. We, we want more, you know, there's, there's more. It's like I've, I'm experiencing him now. Now what else? You know, I want to keep coming. But you got to be diligent. You got to be thorough. Power, I perceive power leaving me. There's a power that you have not yet experienced. That in this season, the Lord desires you to experience. Power. The power to break free, break free from everything that has been, that has been stifling your growth and your progress. Power. The power to overcome sin. <laughs> 
power. And so Jesus said, who touched me? And eventually we find that the woman, when she knew that she couldn't be hidden, she comes before the Lord. She said, it was me. She told them the situation. And I love that Luke said that it, 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 she, she told it in front of everyone. <laughs> everyone heard why she made such a bold move. And this is the part that I really want us to connect with today. He said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. In the beginning, this woman was, was, was uh, described and named as the woman with the issue of blood. But when she had reached from behind and came forward and spoke to the Lord. She was now named a daughter. The whole community must have even identified her according to her condition. There is the woman with the issue of blood. There is the girl that keeps coming in and out of anxiety and depression. There is the guy that can't simply get it together. There is the woman that is in and out of the turmoil in her mind. She was named by her condition in the beginning. But at the end, she was named as a daughter. Her faith repositioned her identity. You are not only made whole through Jesus, but you are given a new name that affirms your identity and your position. Yeah. It's one thing to be made free in Jesus. When you give your life, you entrust yourself to him. Speak to us. But it's another thing to maintain that freedom, yeah. to live in that freedom, to walk in that freedom. Mm. And that responsibility is on you. Mm. To engage with the truth. To engage with the essence of his nature, to learn him, to know him, and to apply it. This woman was a particular condition. And so I ask you again, what, was, what is your condition? What state, what label have you been given for many years of your life that you have succumbed to? that you have yielded to, that you have submitted to? What dysfunction have you allowed in your life? Because it's time for you to be given a new name. Your name is not failure. Your name is not ashamed. Your name is not abused. Your name is not victim. Your name is not broken. Your name is not porn addict. Your name is not rejected or abandoned. Your name is son. Your identity is not what happened to you. Your identity is not your past. It's not all of those things. Your identity is son. Yeah. It's what happened for you on the cross on. that you need to acquaint yourself with. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ that you need to acquaint yourself with. So I ask you again. What is your label? What is your condition? Or shall I say, what has been your name? Yeah. Because you have a new name. Hi. You have a new name. Come on. There's a new name that you need to start walking in. Yes. There's a new name that you need to start operating in, functioning in. It already is. You just need to become. Yeah. This woman was identified in one way, but she came out another way. Can I propose to you today that each time you come from behind, you come in one way, but you go out another way. Yes. It's time to go out another way. Hey. It's time for you to no longer be dictated with what you have before entering from behind and start walking in what you get from behind. There's a new name for you to be walking in. There's a new name for you to start shouldering yourself in, living emboldened by the name that you have been given. There is a name. There is a name. 
And even as I speak right now, I just want to declare right now that every name that you have been under living in, every name that has dictated you, every part of your past and your history that has told you who you are up until this point, every cycle that has come and interfered with the true identity that you are, I break it right now in the name of Jesus. You no longer have a hold over any individual any longer in Jesus' name. There is a name. There is a name. And that name is Jesus. And through Jesus Christ, we have a name. There is a name. There is a name. I'm calling you by name. I'm calling you cord. I'm calling you purpose. You have been in your condition for too long. You have been in your condition for 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, 5 years. It began somewhere. But we begin again today. It's a new day. Come on, baby. Your faith has made you well. And each day you come from behind, that's you by faith saying yes. And that yes is lived out as you leave from behind. It's funny because whenever a name is changed in scripture, when you see it in the Old Testament, it shifted the individual's trajectory. It shifted the course of their life, the dimension that they were in. It shifted them, Abraham to Abraham. Jacob to Israel. It spoke of where they were going. You cannot go with the name that you've been identifying yourself with. You can't go with that name. You can't go with the name abused if you're called to set people free. You can't go with that name. You can't go with that name. Hallelujah. Because someone needs to be set free this this afternoon. Someone needs to stop allowing themselves to succumb to a name that is not theirs. Hallelujah. Scripture says in Galatians 3.26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4 verses 4 to 5 says, even before he made the world, this, I love this verse, I love it so much. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. He wanted to do it and it gave him great pleasure. When I read that scripture, and that's in the NLT version, when I read that scripture, it gave me a sense of freedom. It reminded me that my sonship is not an obligation to God. It's something he wanted to do. It's it's who he is. It's in his nature. And so when we put our faith and we put our confidence in what Jesus did for us on the cross, We came into much more than just, you know, principles and stuff like that. We came into a family. You know, in the Roman law, adopted children had the same privileges as biological children, even if they were slaves. So even if they were slaves and they were adopted, they had the same access to inheritance the same access, the same birthright as that of one that was biological. Same rights. And we share the same rights as Jesus to God's resources and full identity. And like I said, you cannot earn this sonship. It is something that has been freely given to us by God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to read this quote that I saw as I was looking at sonship. And it says, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christian Christianity very well at all. Powerful. What am I saying to you? You know, when Jesus, when the disciples came to Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. How does the prayer start? Our Father. Our Father. Changing how we are seeing and we are engaging with God. As a Father. 
our position, when we're saying our father, what does that make us? What does that make you? If you are to approach him as father, what does that make you? Take it in. It's the Holy Spirit that affirms our identity as sons. Romans 8, 14 to 17 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. It's the spirit that continuously affirms who we are. I remember when, you know, I, I lost both of my parents and, you know, I really struggled with this idea of, of, of family and, and fatherhood. And I remember, you know, the Lord really speaking to me about really engaging this whole understanding of him being a father and me being adopted by him. And so when I saw this scripture, one of the things that I used to pray is May I become attentive to the spirit, the spirit of God, so that he can continue. I can be aware of this affirmation, this continuous affirmation that I am a child, that I am a son of God, that I am adopted, that I am part of a family, that I'm no longer abandoned. I'm no longer abused. I'm no longer broken. I'm no longer rejected, but I am accepted in the beloved. I am accepted in his love. I am accepted in the entirety of the inheritance that he has, that I'm seated in heavenly places, that it is him that loves me. And because he loves me so greatly, it influences my love for him. Spirit of the living God, I'm praying for every individual that's listening right now. May you begin to make aware and attentive, oh God, that they are children of God. That they are adopted, that the spirit of adoption will erupt in every individual and they will come into full form and into full awareness of who they are in you in Jesus name. That father, they will know that you sing and you rejoice over every individual each and every morning that on their worst day, you call them beloved. On their bad day, you call them beloved. You call them yours. Oh God, Lord, even in their mess, you call them son. You do not call them by their name oh god you do not call them by the names they have been given you do not you do not respond to them according to what people have said you respond to them according to what you made break it lord break it lord break it right now break it Break, Lord God, the spirit of the orphan, Lord God. Break it. Break every lie that tells them, oh God, that they are not accepted, that they will never be loved, that they will never walk in purpose, that they are not called, oh God, that they are not a part of the plan that you have on the earth, oh God, that Lord, may you break it. May you break, may you go to the wounds, the father wounds. There's some that have been hurt so deeply by their fathers. Jesus. Break it, Lord. Break every lie that came with that abandonment. Break every narrative that came with that rejection, with that breakup. Lord, break it in the name of Jesus. Let freedom start today, oh God. This is your freedom song, oh God. That they are sons, that they are in the beloved, oh God. Break it, Father Lord, break it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the revelation of who you are comes through the revelation of who Jesus is. Jesus, when you read the Gospels, especially specifically the book of John, you see Jesus engaging with the Father and it blows me away. And in a way, he reflects the way that we are to 
engage with the father. He said, me and my father are one. Whatever he tells me to do, this wasn't necessarily about dictatorship. This was about relationality. This was about connection. This was about oneness. This was about nature. What am I saying? You know, they say that even this whole essence of us, you know, being adopted by God is about us now carrying his nature, now carrying his DNA and really reflecting it on the earth. And so can I ask that how you've been living, how you've been thinking, how you've been feeling, is that a reflection of the father or is that a reflection of your past? A reflection of your brokenness, a reflection of, of the wounds and, and the pains and the hurts that you've been through. It's time to live. It's time to be alive, come alive in Christ. Because we are made alive in him, but it's now time to live it out. I just love, I love like, and I really implore every individual to read the book of John, but read it from the perspective of father and son engagement, because it is a picture of the access and the type of partnership that we should have with the father. Yes, God is holy. God is mighty. God is set apart, but he is also a father. And we are to reflect both. We're made holy through Jesus, but we are to pursue holiness. But we also have a position. Ephesians 4, 23 to 24, it says, Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within you. As your new life and, and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again <laughs> in his perfect righteousness and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. I love that. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, you have been made new by every revelation that's been given to you. The revelation of who you are is in the word. So like I just said, reading the book of John from a perspective of a father and son connection. The revelation of who you are comes through his truth. And so you have to choose each day whether you're going to grab a hold of the revelation of who you are through the word or you're going to live by a word that he never ordained for you to live in or that he never even sanctioned. What are you living by and what are you living for? And so it's important for us to understand how important it is to train the mind to perceive who you really are. You have to train your mind. You have to bring your mind into subjection, into the obedience of Christ. You need to ridicule your mind. You have to take thoughts to trial. You have to critique every thought that comes in and out that was associated with the name. It's time to get tenacious. It's, it's time to get thorough. It's time to be hungry for the change that you are dreaming and that you are thinking of. You know, one of the things that um, I struggled with greatly, and I, I say this all the time, but one of the things that I had, I had uh, a name that, and I, I have several names that I went by before, but was guilty. I am guilty. You are guilty, Susan. Guilty is Susan. There was always a deep sense of guilt, of condemnation that I lived by, which, you know, it came from not even fear, because I believe fear is a symptom, but it came from, you know, my insecurities, my inadequacy, like how I felt, my worth, my value, you know. And um, I struggled with it for probably five or six years, you know, of my walk. And I remember the Lord just really leading me to take small steps of faith each day. And he told me to get words of truth that, over, well, that were overriding that lie or that name. 
to say it over myself like that was my strategy in my mind so I would discipline my mind whenever the feelings of guilt or the thoughts of guilt would come you know I would have a truth that basically disabled that function disabled its space you know in my head space right and so one of the main scriptures that he gave to me was Psalms 103. And I'm going to read it out because I really believe that someone else needs to hear this word as well in Psalms 103. Verses 3, it says, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. This is the part. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse you, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish you for all your sins. He does not deal harshly with you as you deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. That scripture, I would read it every single day. Every single day, I'd read that scripture and remind myself of his heart towards me. And each time that thought came to me that I am guilty, that God is angry of me, that I am worthy of punishment and all of that type of stuff, I would echo this scripture. I said, no, God does not treat me according to my sins. He doesn't deal with me as I deserve. No, 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 no. I would fight and wage war with that lie, with that narrative that came against, you know, who I was, who God was trying to transform me into. And the thing is how I thought before was a hindrance. It blocked, you know, how I operated and how I was, how I was able to function and what God was calling me to do and all of that type of stuff. And so there's a, there's a connection between who you are within and what happens outside of you. Remember I said the new name, you know, a new name precedes, you know, a new dimension, right? And so I had to bring, I had to use the truth to bring certain things into subjection. I had to come to the realization that what was being spoken here in Psalms 103 was only, uh, was only informing me of the nature and the heart of God. Can I pose to you today that it's time for you to be in connection with his heart, learn his heart, learn who he is for yourself. There's a personal revelation that you are to have that will break certain things in your life. And so the more I stepped into this truth, the more I came into alignment with what he was and who he was and my identity in him is the more I started to emerge. Is the more I started to move in who I was. Who I am and who you hear right now is not who I was five years ago. I would never do this. <laughs> but God, but truth but identity. And so you need to, you need to, the only way to break a cycle is to introduce something new. The only way to break a cycle is to introduce something new. I love this. I've been reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I'm going to read this quote because I think that, you know, the world has captured something that us Christians, sometimes we can be a little bit, you know, about catching. He says, this is why you can't get too attached to one version of your identity. Progress requires unlearning. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. This is a season to upgrade and expand your identity. This is literally Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3 in four sentences. 
put on and put off put on and put off be renewed in the spirit of your mind literally this is ephesians this is the word of god and so the 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 expanse between being a believer and a believer how come they're successful and how come we're here and we're thinking is the belief in something true the word of god is true it's unmovable it never changes god never changes he has not changed his idea about you he has not changed his plans about you he has not changed the adoption process he has not changed anything concerning your life concerning what you have access to concerning your inheritance he needs you to unlearn he needs you to come from behind and begin to engage with a process that may break you that may have you in a limp but will bring you into the fullness of what God has said about you before the beginning of this world. You already are, but you now have to become. You already are, Michaela. You already are, Jeffrey. You already are, Blessing. You already are, Ella. You already are, Tosan. You already are. Your name you already have a name. You already have a destination. You already have a purpose. You already have a calling. You already have an identity. And it can only be found from behind. You already are. The future is now is about us understanding that the decisions we make today are a direct impact. Or will be a consequence of what we are in the future. Can I implore you to make a decision today to come into, to stick to coming from behind, to betray your fears, to betray the anxiety, to betray the lie, to betray the narrative. You already are. And you need to get familiar with it. You need to stay in the word. It says, you know, um, it speaks about in um, John chapter 8, it speaks about that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, right? But before that, it speaks about, you know, abiding in the word. There's something about abiding in the word. Living out the word, staying in the word, applying the word. We're not saying these things for fun. We're saying it because it yields results. It brings forth fruit. It's time to train your mind so that your progress and your unlearning can be made apparent. And so, and I'm going to end on this prophetic um, word. And so, uh, in contrast, we're seeing in this passage of scripture with this woman, with the issue of blood, that at the same time, Jesus is on his way to Jairus's daughter and as I read this scripture the Holy Spirit highlighted that this Jairus's daughter was not identified by her condition she wasn't identified as the girl that died and rose again or the girl that was asleep she's identified as Jairus's daughter and prophetically I really believe that this is a season of you coming into a true identify, identification of who you are. Yeah. That who you are is slowly being formed and shaped and affirmed by your father. She was affirmed by who she was based on who her father was. Yeah. May you be affirmed by who you are based on who the father is. You know, the thing about sonship is, is that so, as a son, you take on, back in those days anyway, in the Bible days, you took on not only the father's name, not only his in inheritance, but you also took on his vocation. It wasn't, I'm going to university to, no, the father taught the son. Yeah. If he was going to be, you know, in agriculture, he taught him all of that so that he can carry not only the, the vote, not only the name, but the vocation. Because it was a symbol of who they were. Yes. That's why they said, Gee, isn't this not Jesus? 
the son of Joseph, the carpenter, the son of Joseph. They were also identified by their vocation. What am I saying? That this is a season for you to be identified as a, father, as a, as a son by who your father is. And so, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this season that you have brought us into. This season where you are calling us behind. You're calling us away from the distractions. You're calling us away, Father, Lord God, from that which was. And you're calling us into the now. You're calling us into the now, like into the future, Father. You are forming. You are regulating. You are applying. You are cultivating. You are shaping. You are breaking. You are cutting. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the work that you have begun in every individual, I declare, will be finished in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, Lord God, that each person will have the diligence, the desire, Father, Lord God, to, to seek you and to know you so that they can be set free in Jesus name father I want to pray oh God a word of breaking oh God I want to pray and release a word of freedom over the house of a new thing London in the name of Jesus that this is the season where we are never the same this is a season oh God of new things transpiring in the name of Jesus father I want to speak to the person that has been in their condition for 20 plus years oh God I want to speak to the person oh God that has been tied up Lord God that has been in bondage I pray today that chains will be broken under the sound of my voice uh, that there will be a shaking that there will be a moving uh, that the presence of God will begin to invade every individual home in Jesus name I want to pray into Lord uh, those with their wounds oh God and, and, and hurts oh God uh, around family and fatherhood oh God I pray uh, a word of healing and a word of revelation to what the family of God is supposed to operate and look like. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray right now, oh God. May this be a season, oh God. Oh, of shifting, oh God. Where you've been, uh, you've been pushing, oh God, pushing the process, uh, rebelling against the process. I pray in the name of Jesus that this is the day of yes. This is a day of yes, God. Yes, God. Yes. I say yes to your work in me. I say yes to the work that is being shaped and formed in me. I am the clay. You are the potter. Have your way in me. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. Shift and transform every individual. Do the work. Holy Spirit, invade. It's not about the prophecies that you get. It's not about your gifting. This is about the work he desires to do behind. So, Father, we thank you. Oh, Jesus. Minister to your daughters, your sons, oh God. You are not the addiction. You're not the addiction. You're more than the struggle. And so, Father, I pray by way of your spirit, draw them into beloved identity and remind them of who they are. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.